0: Let's go ahead and pray and ask God to bless the teaching of his word this morning, also bless the gifts given to this fellowship. So Father, we thank you for all your great love toward us, that you not only created this world and everything that is in it, you have a plan, a future that will once and for all, redeem this planet. You're going to bring judgment upon the earth. You're going to, Lord, cause a one-world government or allow a one-world government to rule for a period of seven years. And we live in a time, Lord, where we see all these possibilities coming together. And even now, a cry from a select few of the elite looking for this one world governance father we just see it's hidden perfect into the prophecy spoken in your word and we thank you lord that your word is true and that we see it being unveiled before our eyes lord we don't know the return of or the timing of your return but we pray father that you would if you so choose pour out your spirit upon this earth in a powerful and mighty way once again that we would be part of a great revival in the last days it is our hope it's our prayer lord so be with us as we teach through your word this morning lord help us to hear what the spirit says to the church to this church this day and father we pray that you would bless the gifts given Here to this fellowship, Lord, we thank you for your provision as this year will be our 30th year of ministry, Lord. That's all you. You've provided for us all these years. And we thank you for past provision, for present provision, and for future as well. So be with us now, Lord, as we look in your word. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. I like that. Amen. Even from the little ones. Well, today we're continuing our journey, a chronological journey through the Gospels, which simply means I'm trying to order the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and put them together as they would fit. And today that has us looking at the birth of Christ. That's why we sang a couple of Christmas songs. And we have one more for you before we're done today. Because we're looking at the birth of Christ, we'll be in Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel this morning, and we are going to today look at the birth of Christ, and we're going to find the angel's visit to Joseph in Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25, and Jesus born in Bethlehem from Luke's gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. A heavenly host Luke 2 verses 8 through 20 and shepherds worship Jesus Luke 2 verses 15 maybe through 20 I had it wrong in my notes here I see is it better yes that 20 was early when I said the third point but your notes are correct mine are not so I'll fix that later in my notes maybe anyways uh looking at the birth of christ and i know i know it's the end of january it's like pastor john we just did this and uh some of it will be like hey i just heard this a month ago and it will be true you have there's one thing about studying the word of god and i it's a comfort for me i've been teaching god's word for a number of years now and i realize that i will repeat accounts and of the bible but i think sometimes the lord just simply needs to remind us of his word sometimes it becomes distant and we just need to be reminded of the word that he has already given us and at other times as we go through it we'll glean some fresh fruit that we haven't noticed before we'll just see something that we had not seen before uh, and it could be that it'll be something i will present to you maybe you'll be reading through it as we go through the text today and you'll see something and you'll share it with me after the service but to rehearse the accounts of Jesus's birth no matter if it's in December January Christmas in July it's always good to remember our Lord's coming his first coming it gives us courage for his plan and the second coming that is still yet to come and so today we're looking as i said beginning here with joseph's angelic birth announcement in matthew 1 verses 18 through 25 and i'll just go ahead and read verse 18 for us and we'll get into the teaching of god's word the word of god tells us now the birth of jesus christ was as follows After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So we've already seen that Mary had been spoken to by Gabriel. Uh, She had went and visited Elizabeth to stay with her for three months there at the birth of John the Baptist. Already carrying child, she makes it back now to... Nazareth back to her home, her and Joseph being betrothed to one another. Now she's with a child. She's at least three to five months pregnant by this time. And I was thinking the the robes that they were customary to wear back in that day it could hide a woman's pregnancy, but only to a certain point. But even that, you know, when um, a woman is pregnant, it tends to uh, Flush out her face, her whole body reacts to it. And sometimes you can just tell, even if you don't know. I almost got in trouble once when I said to someone, I believe it was here, but they were visiting and, and we'd known them for years. And I said, Oh, you're going to have a child again. It's like, How did you know? We haven't told anyone. And I was just lucky that I didn't speak out of place. It could have been, Why, no, I am not but she happened to be so i got i learned a lesson <laughs> even if i think so maybe i should be quiet about it until they announce it because i don't want to embarrass anyone unless the lord gives a word to me and then i'll i'll go for it but when we combine the gospels of matthew and luke we learn that joseph and mary were of the house of david they were betrothed to one another which means that they were legally married but joseph had not yet brought mary into his home they had not yet consummated their marriage and it was during this betrothment that joseph discovered that mary was pregnant and all joseph knew is that my betrothed we might say engaged she's with child and i am not the father And even though Jesus was not of the bloodline of Joseph, God chose a godly man to help raise his son. And in verse 19, we read that Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. I'm sure Mary tried to explain to Joseph what had happened, how Gabriel had appeared to her. We read in the whole of the Bible... That Gabriel is only mentioned four times by name, uh, twice in Daniel and twice related to the accounts of Jesus' birth, once appearing to Zacharias, John the Baptist's father, and once appearing to Mary. So it was very rare that, as far as Scripture was concerned, it had only been twice written of, at this point, In the Old Testament, they didn't have the New Testament. It hadn't been written yet. So only twice in all of the Bible had Gabriel been mentioned. And now Mary trying to explain to Joseph, well, this is Gabriel. He came to me, you know, he's the angel that stands in the presence of God. I'm sure she tried to explain what Gabriel had told her when she questioned how could this be since I have not known a man and Gabriel's response to Mary in Luke 1:35, saying the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. I am sure she told him all these things. And yet, I would envision that he had a hard time believing her, as would any of us. Ironside, Harry Ironside, wrote regarding Jesus's virgin birth. Unbelievers have said that it is impossible to accept the Bible's teaching of a virgin birth because it involves a biological miracle. What it really involves is the omnipotent power of God, And the reverent believer can accept this without hesitation. Here we simply have the Holy Spirit of God producing by divine power and creative energy, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ in the womb of the Virgin. When he came into this world, he was to be known therefore as the Son of God. He who had been from eternity, God the Son, became in grace as man, the Son of God, that he might be our kinsman redeemer. If we believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, then the Lord causing a virgin to be with child would be nothing to him. But Joseph came to believe in the virgin birth, and he spent the rest of his life watching over God's Son. This is how Joseph came to believe. In verses 20 and 21, it tells us, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. In Matthew's Gospel Joseph had been seen as a just man it's already been mentioned to us in verse 19 but I also see that he was a compassionate man that he was obedient and an honorable man and so we find when I look at Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 I see of Joseph a man who was just the Bible tells us that compassionate obedient and honorable he was compassionate because he did not want to make Mary a public example but decided to put her away secretly betrothment was different than an engagement that we have today it's not a girl giving a ring back to a guy saying we're all, you know the wedding's off they had already signed a legal contract so they had to have a legal divorce And so that was the putting her away secretly he was going to privately divorce her he did not want to make a public example if we take it all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament uh, from Joseph's perspective at this point before he believed in the virgin birth she was a virgin that had gotten pregnant and according to Deuteronomy the man who got her pregnant and the woman should have been stoned to death that was what the law taught they did not do this by this point in time there would have been a legal divorce though and that's what he was thinking about so he was compassionate even though he felt that he had been wronged by her He didn't want to make a public example out of her. He was obedient because he would believe the angel's testimony. And finally, the angel's testimony combined with the word of God, we see that this honorable man would take Mary to be his wife. Along with his name, the name of Jesus, we also find the mission that's given to us by the angel. He said, for he will save his people from their sins so we not only have jesus or in the hebrew joshua jehovah is salvation but we have the mission of jesus christ given to us even before his birth he will save his people from their sins the bible tells us in philippians 2 verses 9 through 11 therefore god who has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Those in heaven and those on the earth, those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation. In verses 22... And 23 of Matthew chapter 1. And so all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel meaning God with us. The angel and this angel that speaks to Joseph is never named. So we might like to say Gabriel but he's not named and. It's not the only time that Joseph will, through a dream by night, be visited by an angel. We find that every time Joseph is directed by the Lord, it's through this process of the night visions, uh, an angel coming to him as he dreams. He's being directed by God. We'll see it next week as well. But the angel said that this was done, that the word of the Lord might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet. That is from Isaiah 7, verse 14. But the angel, I want us to note that the angel validated his prophetic word to Joseph by the very word of God. And that's important for us to know today. There, people may come to us years ago i played in a christian band for 10 years and we were playing at a christian festival called cornerstone and a pretty large festival and there was a band called one bad pig it's a (laughs) punk rock band and uh their bass player at the gig prior to getting to the festival uh their the bass got stolen and so they put a plea out to the band members there we have a bass player that doesn't have a bass guitar and so I said you can use my bass now I should have watched the guy play before I volunteered my bass guitar for him it was a punk rock band I should have known better when they first walked out on stage the guitar player was holding a guitar over his head and he had a flash pot in it and so the guitar was exploding and I thought I only have one bass, and I might just have sacrificed it. And uh, he picked, and he picked hard, and it left some marks on my bass guitar. And someone said, because of your generosity, the Lord is going to provide for you a bass one day. I'm still waiting. (laughs) That was 1985. Uh, Maybe maybe it's just a matter of timing but uh i'm waiting sometimes someone may speak a word to you and that word could be true and it could be from the lord confirmation from the word of god helps to validate those things as well so sometimes it's good not only to hear the word being prophesied by someone but to be able to validate the prophecy by the word of God. And that's what this angel did. He said, Mary's with child, it's of the Lord. And here it is in Scripture, Isaiah 7:14. Behold, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. And one wonderful truth to ponder. Jesus was born in fulfillment of Scripture. Our Emmanuel And it's through faith in his name that God is with us. God not only came to walk and dwell among mankind when he came the first time, Jesus Christ, but through faith in Jesus, God is with us, a promise of scripture. And so it was in verses 24 and 25, then Joseph being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Joseph did not concern himself with the ridicule that would follow. It was If it was obvious to Joseph that Mary was with child, it was obvious to everyone else as well. And in fact, we'll see from the Gospel of John, there seems to be a point to where they will refer to the infidelity of Mary. In the Gospel of John, it seems to be a reference to her pregnancy. Joseph he didn't care about what other people would say in this regard. He knew then at this point he's following the will of God for his life. He's following the word of God, the prophetic word of God. And even though it might mean ridicule for them, even though Mary at this point, she was several months pregnant, even if nobody else knew about the pregnancy, all they had to do was count. So it's like betrothment, and then you were married and three months later she had a baby. Wait a minute, math doesn't work here. They wouldn't even have to see that she was pregnant to know that that baby came awful soon. But to this just compassionate, obedient, honorable man. God gave the privilege of naming his son, Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. And like Joseph, those who are being saved today, we should not only be willing to hear the witness of faithful believers, but also confirm that message through the very word of God, God's prophetic word. And have you received God's gift Of salvation by believing and receiving Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life I didn't put this in my notes but just to point out that Joseph did not know her we talked about this at Christmas did not know her until the child was born meant that as it did every other time when they used that term regarding a husband and wife in Scripture They did not have sexual relations until after Jesus was born. And so scripture is kind of clear on that, although some in the church teach differently. I believe the word of God explains it very plainly to us there. As we move on, we find ourselves in Luke's gospel now. Chapter two, picking up in verse one, we're gonna take it all the way through verse 20, but breaking this down into three sections. Jesus being born in Bethlehem, verses 1 through 7, the great heavenly host, verses 8 through 14, and shepherds worship Jesus, verses 15 through 20. So now we find from Luke's gospel, reading from verses 1 through 3, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor in Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city, Caesar Augustus. He was the first emperor of the Roman Empire and during his lifetime there was, even though there was wars, there were the expansion of the Roman Empire, In the Mediterranean region, they had about 20 years of relative peace. Now we know from reading the Gospels that the Jews did not like the Romans being in Israel or being in Jerusalem, and it would cause conflict and friction, and it already has. And we'll read a little bit about that as we go through the Gospels. But it was during this Pax Romana, or this Roman peace, that... Christ was born. Gamaliel would also speak of the senses in Acts chapter 5 verse 37. He would say Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the senses and drew away many people after him. The days of the senses. Now I mentioned that it's mentioned twice in scripture for us and technically Luke is the one who wrote about it both times. Here in Luke's Gospel and in the book of Acts, Luke being the author of both of these books, historians haven't found evidence of this census, so some have argued that they're just making this up. It didn't exist. They had actually argued that Pontius Pilate was a figure that also didn't exist because they could find no evidence of Pontius Pilate. And then one day, as they normally do there in the land of Israel, they're digging around, maybe wanting to make a a pizza place or something, and they uncover some things. And one day they found a stone that had Pontius Pilate's name on it. It is now in the museum in Jerusalem. And they found it in Caesarea. And what they discovered happened is that once he wasn't, the governor of Judea anymore and he was ousted he caused a lot of friction they didn't want his name around anymore so they took the stone down and they reused it so what do you do i was a brick mason i know very well all you have to do is flip it around turn it over and erase the name just bury it in a wall somewhere but what they did was bury history for us and not just this stone now And we need to keep in mind, though they discover things, sometimes it takes a a while to process. So back in the Six-Day War, in 1968 and 69, they had unearthed, the Hebrew Jerusalem University had unearthed a bunch of things, and they came, and eventually, going through all that they found, they found this ring that had a stamp, a picture of a wine vessel, and Pilatus was on the ring itself. It's believed that this Pilatus, this signet ring, was the ring of Pontius Pilate. As the article states here, the New Testament's executioner of Jesus, Pilate was the fifth of the Roman leaders in Judah. Apparently the most important of them he ruled, as the article would state, from the years 26 to 36. But it was during this era of the Pax Romana this time of Roman peace that the true Prince of Peace Jesus Christ was born and the Bible tells us in verses four through seven that Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David to a place called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was, while they were there, the days were complete for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. So Caesar's senses caused a very pregnant Mary to be moved from Nazareth to Bethlehem. If you look at the map today, if you map quest this, it's 90 miles by direct travel. But the Jews didn't travel directly from Nazareth to Bethlehem. They had this odd thing because the Samaritans' territory was between the two. They did not want to, especially if they were going to some religious festival in Jerusalem, they didn't want to be. Considered unclean by going through the Samaritan territory, so they went the long way. It could have been like a 150-mile journey for them. But it was Caesar who gave the command that caused Joseph to take his very pregnant wife from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and it was God moving the heart of Caesar to make sure this prophecy would be fulfilled. The Bible tells us, and we need to remember this today, proverbs 21 1 the king's heart the president's heart the ruler's heart the dictator's heart throw in any word you want there but the king's heart is in the hand of the lord like the rivers of water he turns it wherever he wishes not only was jesus to be born of a virgin according to Isaiah 7:14. he was to be born in Bethlehem, according to Micah 5, 2, of the tribe of Judah, according to Genesis 49, 10, and in the house and lineage of David, according to 1 Samuel 7, verses 11 through 16. At Christmas time, Pastor Kevin taught, and I'm, I'm reading this from gotquestions.org. He talked about this word in, it's Cataluma in the greek and it can be translated as guest room and so some argue that this was not a cave not a barn but a lower section in someone's house and i was thinking about this this morning it would be like people coming over to our house and we have a guest we actually have two rooms where people can sleep but let's just say that they're all filled up as it was on New Year's Eve, Kevin, Melissa, the family all there together, all the rooms of the house were occupied, and uh, Mackenzie was sleeping on a very comfortable couch, but she was on the couch downstairs. So what if we had all the rooms occupied, the couches, we have more than one, occupied, and it was like, we have no room left, but there is the basement, you can go down to the basement. And if we'd play it out in modern times, it wouldn't be a manger, it would be an old suitcase that John and Lily had down there that became the crib for the baby. So some think that this Cataluma, the guest room, speaks about a place in their society where at night, if it was a small family that had just a few animals and stuff, they would bring the animals in at night for shelter and protection. That they were actually staying in this lower section, the guest room, the cataluma, and not a stable in the sense. But no matter. I mean, we can theorize about this. Was it a barn? Was it a cave? Was it a lower section of the house? The cataluma technically would have been the guest room that would have been occupied. There was no room in the cataluma, so you can stay in the lower section of the house. It really doesn't matter in regards to where the birth took place. What does matter is that Jesus came from heaven's glory, not as a man, but as a babe. Jesus, the great high priest of God, was not clothed in priestly linen, but at his birth he was swaddled in the swaddling clothes. Jesus, the King of glory, not born in a king's palace, but in a lowly manger he was laid. Jesus, the creator of the world, was not welcomed by the throngs of humanity, but was birthed in seclusion in a stable in Bethlehem. Micah 5.2 tells us, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among many, among the thousands in Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one who shall be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old, from everlasting. And God moved the heart of an emperor in order that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And if God can move the heart of an emperor, don't you think he's able to move our hearts as well? That's my prayer. Often when I know the Lord needs to do work in my own life or in someone else's life, And I may be able to speak to someone, but it's the spirit that can move us. And Lord, please move our hearts. So a great heavenly host, verses 8 through 14. And although an emperor, a governor, a king, an innkeeper were all unaware of the Messiah's coming, his birth came with several supernatural birth announcements, as we have seen already. His birth was also the subject of biblical prophecy. We've already looked at Isaiah 7:14, Micah 5:2, Genesis 49:10, I've mentioned these already. 2 Samuel 7 verses 11 through 16. But Matthew tells of another fulfillment involving a star and some wise men. We'll look at that next week. But here Luke gives an account of an angelic birth announcement that came to a group of shepherds. And there are, I've read a bit about the shepherds this week, and there are a lot of different theories beyond what is given to us in Scripture. I'll share a little bit with you on some of the other theories, and i like to try to stick to what the Bible says. We know that's truth. But we'll see what others also say about this. Verses 8 and 9, it tells us, Now, there were that same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night, and behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Now, it's been argued by some that in the middle of winter, the shepherds would not have been keeping watch in the fields by night because They didn't do that it was too cold out at this time so some argue that it's the wrong time of year and maybe trying to argue that December 25th and know this that December 25th is just a date that's been picked by humanity not by the word of God concerning the birth of Jesus Christ it's a date that we do celebrate his birth but it's probably not the day of the birth of Christ We had uh, Roy Swartz here a few years ago from Chosen People's Ministry, and he brought a Christmas message to us a few years ago that said possibly that these were Levitical shepherds that were assigned to watch over the lambs that would be used there in the sacrifices in the temple. And so once again, I looked up this possibility and this is what I found on this. These shepherds may have been men who were accustomed to preparing lambs, which symbolically represented the Messiah in their cleanliness, their perfection and their sacrifice on the altar of the temple. This adds a a depth of meaning, if true. So the author writing about this saying, if true, we can't know for sure. This adds a depth of meaning to the scriptures which tells us of the angels who came to the shepherds to proclaim the birth of the Lamb of God, the Savior of mankind, who would be the last and ultimate sacrifice. But whether the shepherds were watching over the temple sheep or maybe just working for a sheep rancher, the Bible tells us that an angel appeared to them. They were greatly afraid. It pretty much happens every time in scripture that an angel appears to someone the first reaction is fear from the person that's seen this angel. And I would imagine we would act much in the same way. So it was, verses 8 through 12, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. So after calming their fears, the angel told of Jesus' birth where he was there in the city of David there in Bethlehem. And this was a message of good tidings, a message of great joy because Christ the Lord had been born in Bethlehem and specifically stating about this babe that he is savior, he is christ and he is lord zoter is the greek word for savior it means one who saves or one who delivers and psalm 147 tells us oh that the salvation of israel would come out of zion when the lord brings back the captivity of his people let jacob rejoice israel be glad and salvation of the lord has come out of zion his name is jesus Zoter in the Greek. Christos is the Greek word for Christ. It means the anointed one or the Messiah. And Psalm 2, verses 2 and 3 says, And the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. His anointed. He is Christ. He is Christos. He is Soter. He is Savior. He is also Kyrios. He is Lord. That means to be supreme in authority and power. I like this. This Kyrios in the Greek, it can mean to be owner or master. Lord, owner, or Master. In Luke 20, verses 42 and 43, quoting from Psalm 110, verse 1, Now David himself said in the book of the Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. He is Zoter. he is Christos, he is Kyrios, he is Savior, he is Christ, he is Lord. The sign that the angel gave to the shepherds was a babe being wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying there in a manger in the city of David. Now, I don't know. They they didn't have a star like the wise men. And the star came and stood over their house. Did they go through the streets saying, where's the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes? And the people would say, every baby is wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's what we do to babies when they're birthed in the Jewish culture. So I don't know how they found the right place, but it was customary. And it's interesting that Ezekiel 16, 4. Now, this is actually talking about God speaking to the people of Israel. The city of Jerusalem is what he uses in this section. And he's talking in reverse, basically saying, when I found you, you were an unwanted child. And so when we read this, Ezekiel 16, 4, it's talking about an unwanted baby. Because they were unwanted, they did not do the customary things that was to be done for them. So all we have to do is reverse it and understand what Mary and Joseph would have done to baby Jesus as he was birthed. Ezekiel 16:4 says, for as your nativity on the day that you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt nor wrapped in swaddling cloths. And so here we find a little bit of the process of a newborn that had been around since around 2600 B.C. So this was the customary swaddling of the baby that, of course, you'd have to cut the umbilical cord and they would wash the baby, cleanse it, the salt was like a, a mixture that they would rub the baby's body, it thought to preserve, to tighten the skin, a cleansing we might think of. It was also viewed in the Jewish mind as parents who were representing a testimony that the parents would be faithful and truthful to God to raise their child to know the Lord. And so a child who did not go through this process It was actually against the Lord, unfaithfulness to God, but the term swaddling, and as I was reading about this, some theorize that Elizabeth, so this is all theory, right? We can't know for sure. It sounds cool that Elizabeth held a baby shower for Mary. Did they do baby showers back then? I'm sure people did help, as we always like to help, right? that she gave her cloths that came from the Levitical priesthood. So some theorize and try to teach that these were uh, cloths of the priesthood that was swaddled. I don't know about that. and We can't be sure about that. What I liked historically is that a mother would take the swaddling cloth and they would embroider in the cloth for Jesus. It would have been the symbol of the house of David. Now that would be cool this was a custom that they had and so a custom of the Jewish symbols the house of David the tribe that he came from maybe um, the, the tribe of Judah but then swaddled in that cloth itself it speaks about this is from uh, obviously it's from the Hebrew word study Kaim uh, bentora is his name so a Jewish man who came to faith in Jesus Christ, writing about this possibility. He said the terms of the swaddling cloth in the Semitic mind was an expression, idea of loyalty and faithfulness to God. Thus, Luke wanted to make sure that the child was born not only the Son of God, but a son who would be loyal and faithful to the Heavenly Father. So loyal and faithful, in fact, that he would be one with the Heavenly Father. So the customary care from Ezekiel 16, verse 4, of a newborn was to cut the umbilical cord. Everyone has to do that, right? Wash, cleanse the baby, purify the child by rubbing the child with salt, wrapping the child in swaddling cloths. 13 and 14, suddenly there was, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So we've already had in the nativity accounts, we've had the song of Elizabeth, the Magnificat of Mary, the Benedictus of Zacharias, and now the heavenly host of angels speaking or singing praise. In the New Testament Greek, it does not say a song. In the Old Testament Hebrew, when they speak about the heavenly host, it can refer to a choir. So maybe that's why we think of this singing when we look at this passage, whether spoken or sung, it doesn't matter. They gave glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And the praising of the angels, glory to God in the highest, referring to God the Father whose dwelling was in the heights is in the heights of the heaven, who sits on the throne of heaven. As it says in Revelation 5:13 that every creature which is in heaven and on the earth under the earth which are in the sea, I heard them saying blessing and honor and glory and power who's, to him who sits on the throne, to the Lamb forever and ever. They gave praise to God in heaven. They proclaimed peace on earth, and that's the hope for everyone. But only true peace can come through the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, as it says in Ephesians 2.14, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one, who has broken down the middle wall of separation, verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Jesus, he himself is our peace. And finally, they proclaimed God's goodwill toward humanity, And this is what the word of God tells us in 2 Peter 2 or 3, 9, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Goodwill toward humanity. This is the will of God, that we might be saved. So Jesus was born that he might be Savior, Christ, and Lord of our lives. And finally, we look at verses 15 through 20, reading verses 15 and 16, the word tells us, so it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's now go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came, and they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Again, I don't know how they found the right location, the Bible doesn't tell us that. Maybe, you know, there was a manger in Bethlehem that it it is a small city to this day. It was a small city then. So maybe it wasn't that big of a deal for them to know what the angel was referring to. What I think is important is that having heard the testimony of the angel and hearing the praise of the heavenly host, they decided to be obedient to go and see If this thing was so and that's where I think a lot of people fail where they may hear the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ they may hear the truth of God's Word but they neglect to follow through to go and see if these things are so but they went forth and we find in a similar way that God's Word has gone forth It has gone forth through angels, through prophets, through priests, through apostles, through preachers, through teachers, through average people like you and me. And some of these testimonies have been recorded for us in the word of God. He's given us a book that relays the truth of God to give instruction to God's people. And sometimes all we need to do is to look to the source, hear a testimony from someone, but... Check it out. Like the Bereans, when Paul came preaching, they sought the scriptures to see if these things were so. It's kind of what the shepherds did. The angels gave the testimony, but they went to see if it was so. Like the shepherds who had to go to Bethlehem, we must also walk in obedience to God's revelation given to us through his word. The Bible tells us in Romans 10 verses 15 through 17, How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For as Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God but it means we have to follow through as individuals to be saved. In Verses 17 and 18. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying, which was told them concerning this child and all who heard, marveled at those things, which were told them by the shepherds. The lowly shepherds had the privilege of being the first to declare the first of humanity. I should say the angels were the first to declare this. But the shepherds went out and they told the good news of Jesus' birth. All they needed to do was repeat the message that had been given to them by the angels that they were born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And today the church needs to have those who have not only heard, have an understanding of the good news of Jesus Christ, but we also, like the shepherds, we need to go forth. We need to proclaim the word of God to others and saints who are willing to go forth to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, may we have the boldness to go forth that it might be widely known to others that Christ Jesus was not only born a babe in Bethlehem, but he grew to be a man who gave his life upon the cross, who died, was buried, and rose again from the grave that we might be saved. But for Mary, in verses 19 and 20, we close with these two verses. She kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Mary, who had a deeper understanding concerning Jesus' birth, kept all these things. She pondered them in her heart. She didn't have total understanding at this point. And I think for us, that's how it is. As believers, sometimes the Lord gives us a bit of knowledge of his word. And maybe we have a bit that we ponder, we chew on, we think about. And the further knowledge might come later. For Mary, no doubt she considered her own angelic birth announcement. Consider the words that were spoken by an angel, Gabriel, to Zacharias and the words of Elizabeth who had spoke a word to her when she came to visit her and the baby leaped in her womb. The prophetic word that Zacharias would proclaim after the birth of his son, Uh, Joseph, explaining to Mary that an angel came to me in a dream by night. No doubt they talked a lot about this. And now the shepherds coming and telling of their own great angelic birth announcement. Truly, Mary had much to keep and ponder in her heart. As for the shepherds being amazed by the angels' announcement, by the multitude of the heavenly host proclaiming the glory of God, by finding the babe lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes just as the angels had told them, they returned to their fields glorifying and praising God and how appropriate for the shepherds who were accustomed to caring for little lambs to come and see the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And may we be willing to make widely known the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. Today we've seen this chronological journey through the gospels. We're only in chapter 4. I don't know how else to describe these teachings, but to take it week by week, chapter by chapter, as we go through. I was talking to some pastors this weekend, and uh, they were asking me, what book are you using to go through the chronological journey through the Bible? I said, what do you mean, what book? I'm using the Bible. (laughs) It's like somebody's already done it. And I said, yeah, I know. But I'm going to try to do it myself first. And then if I need help, I'll look for that help. And they even gave me counsel on what I should use. Although they have never done it before themselves. They admitted that. So we're at chapter four. We have a long way to go. But today we've seen an angel visits Joseph in Matthew's gospel, chapter one, verses 18 through 25. And I'd ask the question at the end of that section, have you received God's gift by believing and receiving that Jesus is Lord? Secondly, we looked at Jesus being born in Bethlehem in Luke 2, verses 1 through 7. And I'd mentioned then at the close of that section, as God moved the heart of an emperor, so too can he move our hearts to receive Jesus as our Savior. And the third point, we had a great heavenly host, Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. And we learned there the significance of the message of the great heavenly host that Jesus Christ is savior christ and lord and finally the shepherds worship jesus and i'd said in those final verses of luke 2 verses 15 through 20 may we be willing like the shepherds of old to make widely known the gospel of jesus christ to others let's go ahead and stand and we're going to close out in a christmas song for this i am not going to be down front for prayer but i would like to mention that If you have a prayer need, and just grab me after church and we can take some time to pray. Or if you have a prayer need and just want to let me know and Pastor Kevin know about it, you can write that out on the bulletin and put it in the agape box in the back, and we'll make sure that we'll be praying for those needs. But we want to go ahead and just close out in a song of praise, lifting up our savior jesus and i wanted to be part of this song and julie wanted to be part of this song but she's teaching sunday school so maybe she'll run up here and that'll be okay but let's pray father we thank you for this wonderful passage i know lord that we've rehearsed these things last month in december we've done it in church we've done it privately we've watched christmas movies perhaps christmas songs being sung but Lord, your truths are wonderful no matter when we look at them. I pray, Father, that you would encourage us as followers of Jesus Christ to not only receive from your word, but be willing to go forth and share that word with others as we learned the shepherds did. We thank you, Lord, for the courage of Joseph who was willing to take Mary to be his wife even though they would face ridicule because of the question of that pregnancy others would not know the truth or only a few others would know the truth but still being willing to follow and to walk in your truth today Lord as Christians more and more we could easily face ridicule for our faith but help us Lord to have the boldness of Mary and Joseph of the shepherds of the wise men that we'll learn about next week of all those lord who have trusted you since the time of your birth and even before your birth to those lord who will come to faith because of the gospel that is proclaimed to them lord help us do our part for that which you have called us to i pray for those lord who don't know you as savior it's my prayer that they would come to faith for those lord who perhaps have backslidden and just need to renew that relationship with you i pray lord that they would cry out to you today and restore that relationship for the bible tells us if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so be with us now lord as we sing this last song of praise watch over us we pray in the name of jesus amen I'd just like to say that if you're listening through our radio station or social media, if you have questions regarding faith, please email us at cclv at comcast.net, cclv at comcast.net. If you have questions about our church, you can go to our website at cclv.org, cclv.org. Let's worship.